Every year, when January slips into February, Berlin's foremost petri dish of contemporary electronic, digital, and experimental music takes place at the CTM Festival. This year, CTM celebrated its 20th anniversary, exploring the theme of persistence with a jam-packed 10-day program of concerts, club nights, and performances. Fluffy as this theme of persistence may seem, it nonetheless gives a way of reflecting into the artistic practices of the four artists I was so lucky as to talk with. Well, what is persistence? Something that still exists despite of, existing through, with a power or force that is not extinguished. Something that roots back in time to ancient forms of human existence or marks the times and places they were brought up in, that somehow sits waiting in our bones, DNA, dreams, stored in our muscles and memories. But persistence is also something that mutates, transitioning constantly, and always resonating and interfering in our hybrid societies and in our histories. We are hybrids of nationality, culture, gender, and so much more. So how do we work with that? Bali Nguyen and Terra Transitory are two artists based in Germany and Thailand. Together in their collaboration Yen plus Transitory, they explore themes such as vulnerability, interdependence and intimacy, both in their artistic practices as well as in the everyday. At this year's CTM, they presented their immersive site-specific installation sound performance called Bird Bird, Touch Touch, Sing Sing. As the audience are entering the space, we are moving around the space. One of us is holding on to a speaker and the other one is holding on to a microphone. Basically what we were trying to do in this first scenario was to try to get as close to each other as possible without the speaker feeding back. I'm Bali. I'm a musician and also performance artist. And currently I'm working with Tara on this work that we showed at CTM. Hi, my name is Tara. Um, 
So I should talk about myself first, huh? yeah. before the project. Okay. Um, hi, my name is Tara. I'm. Um, <laughs> like so difficult with that thing in the face. <laughs> yeah. So in my own practice, one of the key components or one of the key things that I try to engage with is how through performance and through art when I say art and I say performance somehow it doesn't just exist on the stage but it's the whole process that is like daily existence how I interact with the world etc all of these things and how it builds towards a sort of point where one can dissolve the self through performance or through a creation process the dissolution of the self or of the ego and there is no separation between this solo work and the work that I do with Bali because I think it's quite clear, especially in this last work, where we are both going towards that dissolution of our individuality and trying to become like a single entity. This work that we've been doing together is called Bird Bird Touch Touch Sing Sing. It's a work that we try to embody in a performance, things that are important to us, things that we're exploring together, artistically as well as in daily coexistence. Things such as vulnerability, interdependency, and closeness and trying to look at these things in our own practice. We're both musicians doing like our own things and Tara was working with computer and I was also working with computer. And it was kind of difficult to do music together because how can we interact with each other without through a medium, only through listening. So we decided to find a way to be more physical and then we tried to build touch controllers connected with the modular synthesizer so everything that we do is influencing also the music and not me alone and not her alone but it just work when we connect each other. And this is something that is every time a bit different. The way we're touching is not very precise. We kind of like want to explore what is there and don't want to fix this. The touch controller is a very, very simple device that we kind of built with our extremely minimal knowledge of electronics. Like it's the most rudimentary thing that I think you can build. There are like so few components. But basically what it does is that the more parts that we have in contact and the more moisture there is in those parts, the higher the voltage. So we are able to play with this varying voltage 
and somehow perform, compose, play, you know, to become an instrument somewhat. You can taste it sometimes in your mouth, the electricity. So the instrument is like two modular synthesizers and a theremin and the touch controllers. Basically, we are trying to compose the piece, trying not to perform the modular synthesizer in a kind of traditional way of standing there and controlling these parameters, but rather how our physical distances to each other as well as to the instrument can affect the sound. And as we are hearing what sound is being produced, it also influences our movement. Do we move faster, slower? Do we reverse, backtrack? So somehow composition of sound then takes on another dimension where it's not just purely deciding to turn which knob, but deciding whether we want to touch each other or deciding whether we want to shift our shoulder or drop our hair closer to the theremin. So somehow there is this other feedback loop which is going on between us and the instrument. After we put down the speaker and the microphone, we have a bowl of water close to the stage. Out of necessity, because the touch controllers, they are a bit more sensitive when we have moisture on our skins. When it's dry, it's not very nice to work with. So we decided on trying to integrate this having to put water on ourselves into the performance and we actually go to this water bowl three times to kind of take a bath somehow or to cleanse just before we start a sequence of movements. So we wash ourselves once, we enter the space and we just walk around the instruments and during this first walk we already start to interact with the instrument to influence the composition based on our proximity to the table and to the modulus. And then we take a second wash, we put on the touch controllers and we begin exploring each other. Like the first time we've seen such a being and then through physical exploration and also a kind of sound exploration at the same time because every time we touch, we affect the composition somehow. But in this second phase, this exploration, it's a bit tense and a bit violent because we're unsure of what this other entity is. So there's this kind of search. We don't really know what we're searching for, but this exploration of the unknown and not feeling comfortable with it. 
in the next phase, in a way somehow now, the movement becomes more clear because we try to mirror each other. We try to touch only body parts that are the same, elbow to elbow, knee to knee, ear to ear, neck to neck. This is the moment of wanting to become a single entity, to dissolve the self in this moment. This is still attempting because it's still physical. And then right at the end, our foreheads connect, touching each other, and we start using our voices. Both of us are holding the microphone and you can't really tell whose voice it is. It's like trying to unify the beings and unify the voice. And we scream at each other. It's not that we're angry towards each other. It's more about the anger that we have in the society. I studied in Germany, like avant-garde theater. And what I learned is like being very neutral and then don't show any emotions. And at some point it's like, why? Why do I need to hide all the things? If in everyday life I feel angry or sad, if I want to show it on stage, then how? Also, I'm not an actor, you know? So when I go on stage, I kind of be myself as well. And what I'm doing with Tara is also come kind of trying how to deal with each other. Sometimes it's more difficult, sometimes it's more easy, or like the speaker and the microphone, they're not meant to be together. If they face each other, they're just screaming. But how do we deal with this? We just leave it or we try a way to come closer without that there's like an explosion. This whole process is kind of like, okay, we know it's hard, but we want this, want to come closer. There needs to be a way to live together or be a community. It's not only about our relationship. When I'm by myself, I'm not so able to be vulnerable, but with her it feels more natural somehow. So I'm happy to have her on stage as well. It gives me like a lot of safety because we are so in our world where we're performing. We don't try to act or something. So I can just be myself. And it helps a lot to have her there. I 
think I find a lot of inspiration in our relationship and what it means to me and what we are working on together in this life project that I think influences me and my own individual artistic processes as well as non-artistic ones. Also, I think to come back to like what our practice is about, I mean, I think as well when we talk about celebrating vulnerability, celebrating interdependency and celebrating intimacy and closeness, it is a conscious response to what we feel is happening as what is socially normalized at this point which is, as we feel in a lot of the Western world, or a lot in the art world especially, is a very strong focus on individualism, of the self, of the ego, of who we are, this kind of definition. It's not about feelings, it's not about being open, it's not about egalitarianism, and it's not about vulnerability. Vulnerability is looked at as a kind of a weakness. It's not something that is celebrated, and we are also trying to look at it from a kind of post-colonial perspective almost as to like how do we reclaim such things such as intimacy and vulnerability in our own terms that we stop being defined again and again by the powers that be somewhat. Do you feel sort of pigeonholed mm. as like I don't know Southeast Asian queer artists? Well it's hard because sometimes people invite you because of your outward appearance but then I just try not to represent what people expect me to do you know everything that I do create it comes from myself I'm not recreating Vietnamese music or appropriate any instruments or something and it's interesting because I'm playing theremin And then in one article that's written, oh, this great musician is using this exotic instrument. When I'm thinking, okay, this instrument is coming from Europe. It's not that exotic at all. But, you know, sometimes people want to see this. But I can just try to not be this. It's hard to say. To live up to their expectations. I think in this case, I can speak for both of us because we have had quite a lot of conversations about this. We both do feel kind of pigeonholed into these categories, whether be it queer, be it based on like ethnic identity, based on nationality. Because the work that you create is not looked at through the same lens as how they would look at a work that was produced by, say for example, a white German man. Won't be looked at in the same way, the work itself your identity, your skin colour, your ethnicity, etc., or your sexual identity, somehow always take precedence over the work. And sometimes it is frustrating, but what can we do? I guess on that base level, accepted that the structures in which we live in, in which we coexist, it's a very patriarchal structure. Not one that we support, not one that we're okay with, but somehow doesn't mean that we should allow it to prevent us from still trying to 
pursue certain things such as how do we practice our work in a more matriarchal way. We feel that it's impossible because if the values that you're embracing and celebrating is sort of the antithesis of the power structures and what their value system is, your value system and what you embody will not be allowed to exist somehow, or at least not be visible or not be allowed to... Okay, basically you won't be allowed to exist. They basically try to eradicate these things because it makes them look bad somehow if other ways of being are possible. Because within this patriarchal superstructure, there is a need to reinforce time and day and minute after minute that this is the one truth that can exist and it's the only truth that can exist. So yeah, it is impossible in trying to live by other value systems. But it doesn't mean that we will not try. <laughs> in the work, we also try to be as equal as possible. Don't try to get more attention. Everything what we do, no one is oppressing the other. And sometimes it's hard because sometimes someone doesn't want to be equal. They're totally fine to live in this patriarchy system. And sometimes we're angry with each other and saying, why? Why can you accept this kind of things? But that's the things we're trying to somehow embrace. I definitely think it's very important to have more of an aesthetics of failing than this uh, very goal-oriented mind. Do you have some thoughts on how you fail without breaking? I think like the kind of failures that we have in trying to embody matriarchy, it's something that we know from the beginning it's bound to fail. It's really an impossible task. So when you already accept that you will fail, then it doesn't really break you because we're not like superhuman, we will... When you try and overcome the impossible, you will fail. So if you have that at the beginning, it's not hard to accept when you have failed. Because it's so complicated. I mean, we're living in this patriarchal capitalist structure, etc. At the same time, we need to survive. We need to find ways to live and run on a monetary system. And it's really complex how to negotiate all of these values on one hand, all of these things that we celebrate, and then on the other hand, having to go out there and you know, pay rent or put food on the table. It will always be complicated, complex, contradictory, and full of paradoxes.
You're listening to The Lake. 